Well, in the first reading, we hear about Paul and Barnabas preaching. And so they're going from city to city, and they're preaching. And something very interesting is on the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue. So they went on the Sabbath and entered the synagogue and took their seats. And many of the Jews and worshipers who had converted to Catholicism followed Paul and Barnabas into the temple. And they spoke to them and urged them to remain faithful to the gospel and the grace of God. Then on the following Sabbath, so the next Sunday, almost the whole sea gathered to hear the Lord. So the whole city was coming together in the temple on the Sabbath to hear the word of God. I was traveling, I had a little vacation, and I wear my collar usually when I travel, so whenever I'm on the plane or at the airport, restaurant or bar or whatever, people will just love to come up to me and tell me different things about their understanding of the faith. And so the one that I normally get, and, and the reason I'm preaching this is it might help you in articulating this. So the, the, the thing I, that I get most is, Father, I don't have to go to Mass on Sunday. Me and God, we're fine, we're good. And uh, I never know how to respond to that because I think like, what God are you following? Jesus himself, the early disciples, all come together to worship on the Sabbath. And so I began just kind of pondering this and thinking about why we have the Sunday obligation and where that came from. So as I was researching, before the the third and fourth century, there was no Sunday obligation. And the reason was because everybody was going to Mass on Sundays. You couldn't keep them away. As a matter of fact, they were being martyred and murdered for gathering together on Mass on Sundays, and they, they still wanted the Eucharist so bad that they, they, were able, they were, wanted to go to Mass and receive it no matter what. And so Constant the Great, in the end of the 3rd, 4th century, people were falling away from that. And so that's when he kind of made it a law of the land to attend Mass on Sunday. So for the first couple centuries, the first couple hundred years, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a doctrine because it was just done. It was only when people's faith began, began to wane that it became a teaching of the church. St. John Paul II said uh, uh, in his passage on keeping holy the Lord's Day, He said, even the earliest times, it was not judged necessary to be a prescriptive. The church has not ceased to confirm this obligation of conscience, which rises from this inner need that we have to receive the Lord by the Christians in the first centuries. It was only later on, faced with half-heartedness or negligence of some, that the church was to make the explicit the duty to attend Sunday Mass. And more often than not, this was done in the form of an exhortation, which means a church teaching or command. But at times, the church even had to resort to canonical precepts, so there were were punishments set up for actually missing Mass on Sunday. So around the year 300, at the Council of Elvira, there was this setting in, kind of setting in the church law of the attendance on Mass on Sundays. And then as you go through the century, 6th century onwards, at the Council of Igdia, they came together and made a universal practice. So all over the world, uh, people were called to attend Mass on Sunday. Now if we reflect on this uh, call 
this precept, it's not, it's not like a, a punishment or something that we have to do. It's an invitation for us to come to Mass and receive the Lord. All the laws, all the commandments aren't for people that are really worshiping or living the faith. The laws and commandments are to keep us in check when we wander from the faith. And so that's why we have these precepts. Then you go back to Scripture. So the first mention found in Scripture of the Sabbath is in St. Paul's first epistle to Corinthians, written in the year 57, so 57 A.D. He refers to the first day of the week as the most appropriate time to gather together and collect money for the poor. And then about two years later in the Acts of the Apostles, as they were celebrating the Eucharist in Troas, he said, on the first day of the week. So we're, we're given from this early time in Scripture that the gathering together on the first day of the week for the Eucharist was essential. Now I want to talk about the martyrs for a little bit. So the early church martyrs. There were 112 mentions of arrested Christians who were worshiping at Mass on Sunday, and they were arrested. And they were declared that the very fault they were accused of was gathering together. So because they gathered together in one place to worship God, they were arrested. And then about 200 years later, 31 men, 18 women were arrested in the same city and brought before the council according to the authentic acts of their martyrdom. And they maintained the following impressions. So this is what they said when they were interrogated. Why do you go to Mass on Sundays? Why do you worship? So the first is, is it true that in your house you celebrate meeting in spite of the edict of the emperor? They said, yes, in my house we celebrate the day of the Lord. And then he says, why did you allow so many to participate? And he said, because they are my brothers and sisters and I couldn't refuse them. Then he says to them, you should have refused them. And he said, no, I couldn't have done that because we had to celebrate the liturgy of, on the day of the Lord. And these became known as the martyrs of the Sunday celebration because they were martyred for celebrating Mass on Sundays. So over the course of the church history, it goes on and on and on how Sunday was so important. So when I get this question for people and they say to me, I don't need to go to Mass on Sunday, God and I are good, I think the first thing that I think of is the commandments. So the third commandment, keep holy the Sabbath. For thousands of years, we've been called to keep holy the Sabbath. And then the precepts of the church, which we're called as priests to preach about and teach about. The first, and they're always listed in order of importance, is to attend Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation and rest from servile work. The second is to observe the days of fasting and abstinence. The third is to confess our sins to a priest at least once a year. The fourth is to receive our Lord Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist at least once a year during the Easter season. And the fifth is to contribute to the support of the church, especially the poor. So as we celebrate this Mass and these First Communions especially, we give thanks to God for this opportunity to freely come together and worship.
And those of you who are in the pews today are the ones that desire to be here, want to be here. You don't need the precepts or the commandments because your love for the Eucharist is so evident. And so the next time somebody asks you or tells you that statement, I don't need to go to Mass on Sunday, God and I are good, I think it's a good question to say, what God are you following? What church are you following? What Jesus are you following? And are you being led by the Holy Spirit or by the enemy? And always hold on to this precious gift that we have of the Eucharist. And that we can celebrate it on Sundays. 